size. It's beautiful as usual. Uh, amazing um, God's timing and the little um, clues he gives us to line things up. Uh, talking about the family of God today, so it's quite lovely that it's on Mother's Day. We think mothers, we think family, and that we've had Dave and Carol bring their wee girl to commit her to God and the family of God today. It's been a long time since I remember a baby dedication here, so just the little kind of things he does to say, yeah, we're, we're on a theme here. Um, he has um, really had to deal with me this week in terms of um, how he wanted to say what he wanted to say this week. So if you were here last week and Steve McCracken talked about seeing what God is saying the way that God sees it and that that's not always the way that's obvious to us when we first hear him say it. It's been um, one of those kind of weeks this week where he, um, the Lord was really clear with me a few weeks back that there would be no clarity on what he wanted to say until after Steve came. So I was like, that's cool. Just, that's not very much notice, but I have to wait because I hear that. And I know anything I do without your direction is going to be scrapped. Um, and he did speak to me really clearly last Sunday about wanting to talk about how he sees the family of God. So I was like, awesome, that's good. We can do this. Um, but I ended up in a position middle of this week where I had a message completely scrapped. Completely not a word of it remains. Uh, and the reason for that is that I had... Um, I knew what he wanted to say, and I knew this in my life, and I knew how he had established it in my life. I knew how he'd talked to me, I knew the things he'd talked to me about. So I proceeded to start to um, put that down. And then um, he said to me, that's not how I want it, that's how I talk to you about that, but that's not how I want you to talk to my people about it. Um, Because that's how I proved this to you, and it's not your job to prove it to them. It's my job to prove it to them. I just want you to say what I want to say, and then I want them to come to me, and I will prove it to them. Um, So, literally, I was on the wrong page. I didn't open that document again. I hate to think what's in it. I know it was well overcomplicated. It was quite clever, some of it. Um, (laughs) it It was clever in a... In one sense, because it was how he had shown me what I'm going to talk about today, but I'm not you, so he's not going to show you exactly the same way as he shows me. Um, so I will probably open it after this and go, oh, Lord. <laughs> um, but the other awesome thing about it is that um, through all of that, um, you know, having nothing midweek, um, I had this absolute confidence that I would have something because I know that my confidence is in him um, and this whole big waste of time piece was because I was trying to go off on my own and do what I think he wanted rather than letting him show me what he actually wanted. And I also know that he loves you too much to have me stand up here and waste your time with clever-sounding stuff. Um, So again, it just kind of, all these little side alleys we go down are places where he proves himself 
to us. And frankly, um, some, of, some of the wrestle in this is I was like, it's, it's so simple, that's so obvious. Some of this I've said before. Um, but when you think, actually, it's because I'm not having to prove anything to you guys. Um, all I need to be confident of is that I'm, to the best of my ability, saying what he wants to say to you guys. Then simple's, simple's cool now. I'm cool that this is simple. But <laughs> I do ask that you don't let that simplicity make, that you go, yep, know that, know that, know that. Um, I'm not saying none of us know any of this, but I am saying I know that he wants to cement this on a not knowing, yep, I've heard that scripture before, but on a actually my life's different because I know this. Um, so don't please, not, not for my sake, but for his, don't let the simplicity turn you off. The family of God. So my, um, when Steve was talking last week, he talked about acceleration and affirmation. He talked about how there are some things that God wants to affirm in this body and that following that affirmation and acceleration will come. Um, what I heard in that is that it's because there's some the affirmation is because there's a foundation that needs to be really cemented because the next thing can't come until that foundation is cemented. It's not about whether we know it or not. It's about whether we're living it or not. Um, and as I said, um, there will be, I'm sure, more to this, um, but a really strong sense that some of that is about God, how God sees his family. Um, there's a... Um, A strong sense here of, um, in most ways, we're the same, right? So we all belong to the same family, the family of God. We all have the same purpose and calling, which is to love God and love people. But there is some difference in the things he asks us to do. But even that difference is for the same purpose, which is to build the family of God. Um, so I think what he wants to, part of what he wants to do is to kind of show us the same, same, different, same <laughs> kind of pattern that it's, sometimes we make the things that are meant to be the same different and the things that are meant to be different the same. And he's saying, actually, no, I, I'm quite clear and specific about how I've designed my family to work in the same way that our natural families have cultures that the parents specifically make some choices about. So let's talk about this. So the first thing that's the same for all of us and that he wants us all to really know and live out of is that we're all God's children first and foremost. We all belong to God and to each other. So we're part of God's family. And I think the thing that he um, is really emphasizing here is that that's by his choice. It's not by, we don't choose to be part of God's family except by choosing Jesus which we can only do because he drew us in the first place <laughs> and chose us to be in his family. And we don't choose who else is in the family or whether we're in the family. That's all his stuff. So let's just look at a couple of scriptures to underscore that point. So can we go to John 1, 12 to 13? So... But as many as received him, to them he, became the, he gave the right to become children of God, 
even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Okay, so we didn't decide. We chose on one level, but God decided that we were going to be his children. Um, And it says the right, right? A right is a thing that you get because someone else gives it to you. You don't assert it. First and foremost, someone else gives it to you. So I think um, the other thing about um, that scripture is the as many as. So it's not like there's a quota (laughs) of the number of people who could. There's no kind of it's me or it's you about this. As many as gives that sense that there is no limitation that means we need to compete to be members of the family of God. But we're not only children. We're part of a family of many children. And we're not part of, sometimes it almost is like we conceptualise ourselves as part of these one children households that are all kind of related, but the household is us and God. Um, but we belong to each other as well, again by God's choice. So let's look at Romans 12, 4-5. guys for just as we have many members in one body so this is in reference to the human body and all the members do not have the same function so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another interesting eh so this is that's not one family one child household we're all members of one another So now let's go to 1 Corinthians 12 from verse 12. Um, This is a longer passage. Um, We're going to read right through to verse 26. And the reason we're going to read all of that is I just want you to listen for the theme about whose body it is, who chose what's in it and what's out of it, and who designed how it fits together. Because almost whenever I read this, there's just so so many things we raise up against being one that he addresses in here in terms of the attitudes we can have towards ourselves or towards our brothers and sisters. So, for even as the body, again the human body, is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though there are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptised into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slave or free. And we were all made to drink of one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I am not part of the body, it is not for this reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. 
and those members of the body which do deem less honourable, on these we we bestow more abundant honour, and our less presentable members become much more presentable, whereas our presentable members have no need of it. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honour to that member which lacked, so that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honoured, all the members rejoice with it. So can you hear that? He's designed it. He's given us each a place. We can't opt out. We can't opt in. We can't choose to be a different part. We can try to. A bit like I tried to this week by saying I want to do it this way rather than that way. Um, But actually, um, it's his body. And I hope... um, what that does is gives you a sense of security and belonging because you didn't get saved yourself and you also don't have to try to belong here or to the people of God. Um, I think I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again anyway because he said. Um, I used to, um, oh, how long ago would it be? I knew we were meant to be here, Nick and I, at The Rock. Like, it was such a supernatural process that brought us here. I didn't have a question, that's where we were meant to be. Um, But I would sometimes feel like I didn't belong if people weren't friendly or I didn't have good conversations with people, things like that. I could sometimes leave feeling deflated and like I didn't belong here. And one day here, on a Sunday morning, I, I... You know when he speaks and you know he spoke and after that things were different. Um, One morning he said to me, Joe, you belong because I say you belong and what I say goes. Which is kind of 1 Corinthians 12, right? (laughs) Um, And so I say that to you too. God says what goes and he says you belong here. So receive that. It will, if there's something in you that doesn't believe that, receive that because it will change how you operate. Um, how does it change? Um, it's, it's freeing because that belonging means that I don't have to prove myself to you, despite this week's journey about thinking I needed to prove God to you, ironically. <laughs> um, but again, even in that, there was security. It wasn't how will I feel in front of you guys, it was just uncomfortable because I was in the dark and needing to let God lead me. It even means really um, simple practical things, like if, if people from the family are coming to visit, there's not a big fuss and we have to impress and we have to tidy the house um, because we belong. Um, and I don't want to impress you. I want to be hospitable to you. Um, but that's different from having to impress you. Um, yeah. the other thing it does is it because um, I know I belong and I know there's enough space for as many as he's chosen I don't need to compete with you I don't need to feel insecure um, when he blesses you or when he speaks over you um, because we all belong, there's enough for all of us. And actually, another thing if you read 1 Corinthians 12, 12 again, is that when one part prospers, we all prosper because we're one. 
So I can go, even on a selfish day, I can go, yay, that's for me as well. (laughs) That part's got stronger, and that builds into me. But it's deeper than that. It's actually a place of going, um, you're my brother and sister, and I can rejoice. So when insecurity rises up, like it does sometimes, you know, someone gets a word and you think I would have liked that, you go, actually, that's not true. That is just not true that God loves them more than me because he said that to them and not to me. So receive that. It will, if you don't know that place, it will change everything it has for me. Right, next point. The next same thing. We're called to the same purpose. Loving God and each other. Um, It's staggering. We're going to talk a bit about function and the different things later. But if you look at how much of the word of God to the church is written about how we are to be towards each other and weigh that against how much it is about the different things we do, you'll find it's vastly weighted in terms of how we are to be towards each other. We're going to talk about how these things interact because the function builds the being, but... Um, it's really clear that um, he's really, really interested in painting a picture of how we are to be to each other. These are always quite um, confronting, these scriptures, because lots of them start with Christ as the model, (laughs) which immediately has the effect it should, which is, I can't do that myself. And he goes, good. (laughs) So let's start with John 13, 34 to 35. Thanks, guys. So Jesus said to his disciples, um, this is not um, too long before he goes to the cross, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Um, Interesting, you know, Jesus calls this a new commandment, and it this kind of partly explains why he had to come, right? Because he couldn't say this until he had modelled this. So God had already talked, obviously, in the very beginning about love the Lord your God, love your neighbour. But Christ came and when it looks like this. <laughs> and after this, he's going to do some even more full-on things, like die for us. Um, the other thing that I saw in this this week, it says, by this all men will know you are my disciples. Um, so it's not even necessarily saying by this they'll all come to me. There's other scriptures that talk to that, but it's saying it's you, you recognize um, who someone's following by the nature of the follower. So he is love, and so he says, I'm love, I came to demonstrate love. People will see love in you, and they'll go, they must follow that guy. Pretty cool, eh? Um, so a bit more on um, the model of what Christ's love looked like for us. We'll go to Philippians 2, 1 to 11. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion make my joy complete, this is Paul, I think, Paul at Philippians, yep, Um, by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. See, one, 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 same, same, same. Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, But with humility, listen, regard one another as more important than yourselves. 
Do not merely look for your, out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus. For although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men. It's only this week that I got that, um, when it talks about him being in the form of God, but did not regard equality of God something to be grasped, that um, he had it, and he released it. I'd, I'd always kind of thought of that as him trying to get it, but he had it and he let it go, which is kind of very obvious, but I'm like, wow, he let go of the status he had to come here. So being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. <laughs> For this reason also, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Cool way. (laughs) Yeah, let's do one more. So we'll go Ephesians 4, 1 to 6. So there's a, um, I would highly recommend Paul's teaching a couple of Sundays ago on Sunday night, where he digs into this in a lot more detail. But the point here is it's another scripture about um, how the Lord asks us to be towards one another. So therefore I, again Paul, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Here we go. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another, being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you're all called into one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. <laughs> lots of ones and alls, lots of things that bring together, eh? Um, and if you map those qualities against the 1 Corinthians 13 scripture on love, you'll, I haven't done it, but you can see they map pretty closely. So two points on this. Um, This way of being towards each other, we can't do ourselves. Um, It's why Christ came, (laughs) is to both demonstrate it and empower us through his Holy Spirit to do it. So this is a, a, um, a surrendering process rather than a right, now that I see I have to be humble, I better go and try being humble because we get found out when we do that, don't we? Um, But the other thing, we'll just look at quickly at Ephesians 5, 1 to 2. Um, links back to the first point about how loved we are. That's where this starts from. It says, Therefore, be imitators of God, so again, the way that Christ was, as beloved children, and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. See how it links? It's because we are loved children that we can go to God to say, I can't love like that, boldly approaching the throne of grace, so that he can go, let me help you in your time of need. <laughs> right, here's the, here's the one where we've got a bit of same and a bit of different. This is about um, the design of how God designs function for the body. We have different functions by God's design and choice, 
but the functions have the same purpose, which is the good of the body. So you don't need to look too hard to know that God values difference. He could have made nature a lot blander if he wanted to, but nature thrives in diversity and it gets into trouble when that diversity um, wanes away. It's what biodiversity is about. And if you look at humanity, like he, didn't, he could have made just man and woman and made us all broadly similar, but he didn't because he values difference. Um, and he values difference in his family too. So although I said that the word talks way more about how we're to be than about the functions we are to have, it does also talk about how we're to function, and there's nothing that's in there that he doesn't care a lot about. So the point... Where am I going to start with this? <laughs> Let's look at 1 Corinthians twelve seven. It's a weird place, it's kind of a short sentence in the middle of a whole lot of stuff on the body. So just 1 Corinthians 12 is amazing. But I really want to emphasize this scripture, which I don't think I gave the guys because it was probably part of the Lord's late rebuilding. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 12, 7. What it says is, to, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. <laughs> so two things, right? Each one, not some. Each one is given something, and that something is given for the common good. So I want you to hold that, okay? That thread's quite important as we go forward. All got something, all for good, good as God defines it. Let's go now to Ephesians 4, 7 to 16, because this talks, this starts to explain a bit more what that common good looks like. Mel's speaking out of this tonight, eh? There's a <laughs> which will be amazing, you should come. And there's this bit in here that I don't get at all, so I'm like, bet you that will <laughs> No, do come tonight though, because this passage is amazing. So, again just like the last one, to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So who chose? Christ chose. We don't choose. This is the bit I don't get, but I'm not going to miss it out because that would be naughty because I'm sure that it's there for a reason. (laughs) So I'll read it and then we'll talk about the bit I do get. (laughs) When he ascended on high, he he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Now this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he also had descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is himself also he who ascended for above all the heavens, far above all the heavens, so that he might fill all things. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wicked wind, sorry, by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness, in deceitful scheming, 
but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building of itself, building up of itself in love. Wow. Um, There's so much in there. Um, But one of the things I want to point out is that follows that bit I read before about the the beginning of Ephesians 4, where it talks about being completely humble, loving each other. So there's, there's this flow of all of you do this, and then this part starts with a but, which kind of, you know, there's a slight dislocation. There's a, all of you this, but here's something a bit different. And the thing that follows is that he's given different things to each of us. Um, and the flow of that is that he talks first about the fivefold and the function of the fivefold in terms of... Um, one way of saying it is calling the church to maturity. This is the bit that says, here's what the mature man looks like. Here's what a mature body looks like. But then it flows on to these other gifts and the functions of the other body. So it talks about every joint supplying, everything working in its proper, what's the word? The proper working of each individual part and the outcome of all of that being the body building itself up in love. So, um, what I love about this passage, this, yeah, if I could have one passage of the Bible I had to read for the rest of my life, it would probably be this one. And the reason I love it so much is because it describes um, this one thing that the Lord is after, which is his mature body, and how all of the parts are required to bring that into being, and they all need to be working properly. Properly is his body, so he knows what properly looks like, not us. So let's talk about that in a little bit more detail. Two key things. We each have a part to play in the body of Christ. So remember, each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Um, So... Really um, defining time in my walk three or four years ago where he he made this real for me. Um, it's another running story. <laughs> um, but I had... Um, I knew we were meant to be here. I knew what God was doing here. I didn't have any disagreement with anything. I, could, I knew by the Spirit that something special was happening. Um... It's a difference between not having disagreement and agreeing, (laughs) and we'll talk a bit more about that later. Um, But what the Lord showed me as he got my attention when I was out running is that I had um, let an offence into my heart that I didn't know was there, and it had caused me to just kind of guard my heart a bit. Um, It's why we need the Holy Spirit, because I didn't know it was there. I would, like I say, I didn't disagree with anything, so it wasn't an obvious, that's wrong. Um... But what it was about, um, it was when the fivefold teaching started being brought quite strongly here. I, I knew by the Spirit that was what God was saying. But I had this um, thing about, what, about the rest of the body. Um, 
what are we saying about that? Um, and as the Lord kind of um, took me on this journey of seeing that I had this offence, um, he said to me two things, I can't remember the order, but there's this kind of bundle of things that happened on these runs that were really pow- powerful to the point where I would be kind of running up back the, back the hills weeping, kind of in wrestling this stuff out with him. One of the things he said, and showed me while I was running, he said to me, what happens when um, one part of the body isn't operating properly, Joe? And then I didn't even get a chance to answer. He said, other parts of the body get hurt. Um, and the grief in his voice, I, I, at that point I went, you love your body and it hurts you when my withholding because of this thing that I'm not quite prepared to let go of is actually costing others in your body. And as we kind of kept dialoguing, I was like, what about this thing that I'm not sure about? He said to me, um, maybe you're part of the answer to that. And I said, okay. And then there's a third thing. Don't, he reminded me of this yesterday and I didn't realise it was, these things were connected until he showed me yesterday how they were. So isn't that cool? How he plants a seed, you respond to it and you're like, oh, that's what that was about. Um... This relates to a picture he showed me about a mud eye. Don't let it turn you off. I'm not about to go into a different type of spirituality, okay? I'm just going to tell you about a picture he gave me and what he was saying in it. And I think one of the reasons he wants me to share this picture is because it's a picture I could have easily gone, that's not Christian, not talking to me through that, and missed what he actually was doing in that picture. So what it was, so he just said maybe you're part of the answer to this, this thing that you were thinking about. And then I had this picture, which I knew, I'd seen this thing happen on telly, but at the time I had no idea what it was. Um, you know, if you see um, high dignitaries going on to a marae, the first thing that will happen is that a very um, impressive slash, slash scary warrior will come out and they'll lay a weapon at the feet of the guests. And then they'll back away and they'll wait for a response from these dignitaries who are coming on. Now, the, um, this is a gross oversimplification, and I've, it's crazy how he's weaved this through, but the purpose of going on to a marae is encounter and dialogue. That's why you go. You go to work something out together. And this weirdle, it's called a weirdle, this thing that gets laid on the ground, um, there's three responses, right? One is the guests say, not interested, and they walk away, and that's the end of it. Other is they pick it up by the handle of the weapon and use it to attack, right? I'm not here in peace, I'm here in war. Or um, the third is the way you signal that um, you come in peace is you pick up the weapon by the, not by the handle, so you can't use it against the other person, okay? So I saw this picture knowing nothing, nothing, nothing about this, what this was. I saw this picture of myself with a group, um, walking onto a marae, I couldn't see the person of Christ, but I knew he was there and I knew he'd laid something down. And I I knew this was a very um, solemn invitation. And I remember this played out what, kind of repeatedly, if you know what I mean. This, Whenever we talked about this, this would happen. And then I saw myself one day at the point where my heart was ready to submit to his way, pick this thing up, not by the hand I. I come in peace. My my intention is to come to your place. 
on your terms to have this conversation that you want to have. Um, so what I didn't know at the time, so I, I knew there was this yielding, and then I forgot about it, I haven't thought about this picture for ages, is that following that submission, he took me on this process where he unlocked scriptures like Ephesians 4 for me. So he said, yes, you know, long story short, yes, absolutely, there's a place for everybody. Yes, absolutely, everybody lo- belongs, and I love everybody, but there is a design here. It's an and. It's not, this is overemphasized, that's underemphasized, it's a flow. Why I tell you that is because I could have heard maybe your part of the answer to that and gone, I need to go and have arguments about this, or I need to, I don't know what I would have done. Um, But he's like, let you, this is the Steve thinking, let me show you, you see a thing in part, let me show you it more fully. And what that did, that showing more fully, is it... um, just unlocked a different way of being in the body. So I already had this foundation of belonging. And it's not about what I'm saying, it's about kind of what it showed me about what it is to be in his body and to um, function understanding how his body functions. Um, So there's two things he's saying here about us each having a part to play. One is that we do and he... (laughs) We all feel it when one of us holds back. We really, really, really do. Like, I can say in all humility, I know if I had continued to hold back, you wouldn't know you felt it, but you would be. And I know it for all of us, eh? How can this be? Like, you can't... He um, has a place for all of us and none of us can replace each other and we do feel it when we hold back from each other. There is no substitute for any of us. So that's point one on that point. And point two is um, almost the other side of that is we need to let him show us how to play that part. It's not about what you think your gift is. It's not about a label. It's not about a position at all. (laughs) It's about um, him showing us how he wants us to be and play our part. Because we can. You know, again, this widow, I could have picked that up and started chopping with it, right? Against the Lord and potentially against you guys. Um but that would have not been great for the bond of peace, which he says that we are to preserve. So the other part, that's about each of us playing a part. Next bit is we, um, we each need to be able to receive from each other. So same point in reverse. He's given everybody else something too, and he's given that something for the benefit of the whole. Um, so again we don't get to say I don't need eyes I don't need feet you're not part of me because I don't want you to be Um, it's his body Um, 
Let's look at Ephesians 5 from 15. says therefore be careful how you walk not as unwise men but as wise making the most of your time because the days are evil so then do not be foolish but understand what the will of the Lord is and do not get drunk with wine for that is dissipation but be filled with the spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, and always give thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Lord Jesus Christ. To God, even the Father, this is the bit, and be subject to one another in the fear of the Lord. So I read you that whole thing, because again, it's in the context of a whole lot of things about how we are to be towards one another. Um, if, if you find the concept of fear of the Lord is still a bit, um, fuzzy for you the other way that that be subject to one another in fear of the Lord is sometimes said in some translations is submit to one another out of reverence to Christ um, so when we understand that God has deliberately distributed the gifts so that we need each other because in the same way that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one, they want the people to be one. So why would they design this in a way which meant we could not be one with each other? <laughs> so by his design, look at Ephesians 4 again, the body builds itself up in love with Christ as the head. Um, it's really powerful to admit, to just once you start to see that when you... When we submit to each other, so when we align ourselves to who each other are in God, um, we're honouring Christ. We're honouring his design and the way that he wants to build his church. So, um, counter has to be that when we're not, we're actually kicking against him and his design. There is, you can't say that submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ that it must also be being reverent to Christ to not. Okay? Why? Because he's designed it because he wants to build us together and into him. <laughs> See the why? The why is the same. The why is the building up of the body into one, different into one. Um, here's an example of, um, I'm on the receiving side of this all the time, but, um, here's an example. I'll just get this because I'll read you something. A few, um, well, most of this year, I guess, <laughs> has been quite a testing time for me, and that the Lord's been trying to really disconnect some stuff from me, which is of this world, so that He can fully connect me into Him. <laughs> um, and that's, um, I, He'd said enough to me about it that I knew that's what was going on, but it was pretty um, not easy, shall we say. <laughs> Um, and he said to me one morning, I want you to send this text, which I'll read you, to some woman that you work closely with. Um, so I did, and I'll tell you what happened. You can probably guess what happened. But awesome. So, hi ladies. 
phone keeps flicking around. Um, I'm in a, oh, can you keep me in your prayers? I'm in a difficult place these past few weeks. From a natural perspective, it's like a full-on depression, feelings of deep sadness and disconnection from everything and everyone. But the Father says it's the right kind of emptiness. While he disconnects that which has provided counterfeit life and connects into him alone, a time for waiting and resting in him to do the work. While I can see what his intent is, feel like I need people to pray that I don't um, pray that I stay aligned to that and don't let my emotions drive things all over the place. So I sent that, um, and the Lord just poured out through each one of them a piece, a different but linked piece. Um, and the effect of that is that I went from kind of, it's a little bit like what I described with this message, I went from being really clear what his intent was, what he was doing, to actually having these other anchors about that were above that, about why he was doing what he was doing, um, so I could see more. Um, and the effect of that, like just the, um, the force of his love that came through that, um, has meant that it's been different ever since. Not easier, and not different in a, oh, it's all sorted, and now I'm disconnected, and fabulous, because this, this is a walked out process I'm on. But I've just got this such stronger anchoring, and I know with confidence that if I had not obeyed him, he wouldn't have poured that out to me, myself. I know that, because that's not how he builds. He didn't want me to kind of hop away with him for a have long stakes and then come back and go, look what God and me did. He wanted me to say, you guys, you saw what God did because you saw me in that state. You see me now. And you invested of him into that process. Um, so it's, it's simple, but it's, um, he won't compromise. That's what I'm learning more and more is he, he loves us but he won't compromise in the same way that we won't with our kids on some things. You're like, nah, just because I love you doesn't mean I'm going to let this kind of carry on occur. So um, his way is that we have to be prepared to receive to be from each other. Um, that means we need to be aligned with each other in a way to not just um, exchange, but to receive. You know, to go, that's God talking. That's God talking to me. So what it does, um, this whole same purpose for all of us, building the body up in love, but different functions, it means that you don't see discipleship or walking together casually um, or as something that you may or may not need. You see it as part of God's design. And look, I'm not talking about going to a group once a week. You could be doing that and not be in discipleship or you could be not doing that and be in discipleship. I am talking about submitting to each other and letting the Lord speak into each other's lives, speaking into others, letting him speak to us through others. Both ways. Both ways. Um, so now we're going to talk a little bit about leadership in the family of God, so a particular function. Um, the reason we're going to talk about this a bit is not, <laughs> again, we're all equally loved, we all belong equally, it's not about more special, but it is about a function God gives that we seem to, as humans, find particularly difficult to see how he sees. I certainly have. 
Um, and I do feel, and Steve spoke into this a little bit last week, like if we're not prepared to receive from leadership in the way God intends, the result will be the same as with these others, that we won't receive all he has for us. Um, and I'll talk a bit about my own journey on this too. So there's, there's effectively two kind of extreme postures that we can go, and I've been in both probably, <laughs> and other non-aligned postures, um, when it comes to how we see leadership in the body of Christ. So if you think of one over here is the kind of overinflation of leadership, the we have a man or woman of God and they hear from God for us and we don't have to hear, we just we submit to them and do what they say. And Paul actually speaks directly to this one in 1 Corinthians 3 from verse 1, where he rebukes the Corinthians for aligning themselves more closely with a leader than with Christ. And he rebukes them basically for their immaturity in doing this. He says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ. Um, I gave you, I just thought I got the wrong bit, but I think we're right. <laughs> I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you are not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not able to, for you are still fleshly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? And are you not walking like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I'm, I am of Apollos, are you not mere men? What then is Apollos, and what is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. And he, and he continues on. But see, he's speaking directly into that. You're not following, in this case, Greg and the elders. <laughs> they are following God, and God is using them to lead you to him. Okay? So that's one side. The other side is the kind of... I don't think anyone would say I don't believe that there is leadership in the body of Christ because the word is pretty clear that there is. But it kind of says, I hear from God myself. And so leadership is a function, but it doesn't really add anything to what I hear from God myself. Um, and kind of calls in, into question what Hebrews thirteen seventeen would be about, if that's true, because that says... Obey your leaders and to submit and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. So it's hard to say, like, why would we have to obey and submit to them if we already knew everything? Like, are they just the people who put the chairs out or serve us? You know, what, what's, how can it be that there's not something more in leadership than them just being the people who kind of administrate in a technical sense? And so, as with lots of things in the kingdom of God, it's not, a, it's not a thing for us to balance between these two, you know, a bit of me and a bit of leadership, and I need to move this way or that way. It's like of a different order, right? The kingdom of God is a different order, and it sees things completely differently. So what the kingdom of God says is, I give gifts for the good of all, for the building up of the church, and when you submit to them, it's for the good of all of you and you're respecting me and my design. Okay? So it's not when you hear these and think, mm, should I be somewhere else? Don't try and rebalance yourself. 
say, show me how you see your design for leadership. Okay? I'm seeing this more and more that Sandra speaks to this beautifully, that we often try and balance between what we see as tensions, and he says it's a different thing. And when you find that place in me, these things will, will be in balance. So there's some things it's not. It's not, doesn't say for any of the other gifts, um, only do this when you're perfect, only prophesy when you're perfect, only teach when you're perfect. Also doesn't say only lead when you're perfect. Okay, so it's not about they're perfect, they know everything, I can't question at all. Greg and the elders would all say they're in process. It's about what God has chosen to give them for us. And when we make it about the person, either because we put them on a pedestal and pretend they're perfect, or because of their lack of perfection, we won't receive from them these positions. We all miss out. It's one of the things that can cause us, like my story, to pull back from the body and have everybody miss out. So moving a bit closer to this house. So remember last week, the Lord asked Steve McCracken to affirm Greg's passion in pursuit of truth. He did caution us against taking that for granted, not seeing what we had, and in doing so, not being positioned to receive what the Lord was doing through Greg here. And what I want to say is that I hope you know that affirmation wasn't for Greg, it was for us, okay? Like Greg, you don't need to know Greg very well to know that he doesn't lack confidence in what the Lord's saying to him, okay? He doesn't. But that affirmation was to give us confidence in what the Lord's doing and to remind us of God's design and um, to give us confidence in God, not in Greg, in God and in what God is saying through Greg. Can you see that's different? It's not about the person it's about what God's doing, the same as it is for all the other gifts. Here's a couple of examples in my life again. So last year, remember we had, this is after I now understood the fivefold and how the body works. So <laughs> and then there was this fivefold session that came out. And honestly, I was like a month on each of the fivefold, 20 sessions on the fivefold ministry that is not very much in the Bible. What are we going to be doing for all this time? And the Lord said to me, and partly because I, to a measure, I did understand, not fully, um, and the Lord said to me really clearly, um, will you submit to leadership and go? And I did. And it was in the going that I started to understand because it wasn't actually about just teaching in a, here's what the word said. It was about um, at least two things. Leadership will probably say more because um, they will see more. Um, a demonstration of those gifts and how they work together, number one. Number two is the building of the body around those gifts. So at least as much of those nights was spent in dialogue with others in the body as it was hearing about the fivefold. So see, if I'd gone, oh no, I know, or I just, that's just too much, I'll go once or whatever, would have missed out, eh? 
So that's, that seems really basic, but it was actually um, a big deal for me because I didn't understand it all. I thought it was quite excessive. <laughs> it wasn't. Um, here's another example, this message. So Greg and the elders are accountable for what happens here, right? I'm accountable for every word I say, including the words I speak here, but not just those words. Um, so I wouldn't speak anything here without weighing it with Greg first. Best for both of us, eh? Because we're both actually accountable in different ways for, for what's said this morning. So even if we didn't care about you guys, it's best that we use each other to test this and go, actually, is this what he's saying? It might be right, but it might not be what he's saying or how he wants to say it. And more than that, we both care about you guys, so we don't, wouldn't want to waste your time with something that I thought was a, a good idea. And I was thinking about it with this, because I, um, because of the process that I'd been through, I, was, I didn't know how this was going to go, but I was really confident about what he wanted to say, confident in the Lord. And when I flipped this to Greg, I was like, oh, how would I, imagine if he comes back and goes, mm, no, nah, actually no. Um, how would that go? And I just had this, I was like, actually, that would be fine. I wouldn't be offended. Like, I could honestly say, I would be, I would test it with him because of the confidence I had. You know, I'm not, it's not, oh, that's fine, I was clearly wrong. It, it would have been a push and pull because of the confidence I have. But at the end of the day, it's best for all of us that we line up in the way that he wants us to line up. Um, it's cool, it's safe, it's... It just works better. <laughs> um, the other thing about honouring leadership that I can tell you is that um, and I can tell you this partly from another context where I lead for God, not in the church, that um, it's not about, Greg and the elders don't need us to say nice things to them to make them feel good. That's not where their affirmation comes from. Um, in the places where I lead, my affirmation comes from two places. One is from the Lord and from seeing what he's gunning for and knowing that I'm as faithfully as I can going after that. And the other is when I see that culture starting to manifest itself. Okay, So um, when we talk about um, encouragement of the verbal type, um, Often, we do speak the word of the Lord to each other, including to leadership, okay? So I'm not saying don't do that, but I'm saying that's not all of what we're talking about here. Often, when we are agreeing, honouring with our mouths, it's for us, okay? It's not, I'm not saying this stuff because I think we need to be nicer to Greg and the elders. <laughs> I'm saying this stuff because the Lord is trying to help us align ourselves so that we can receive in the way he intends us to receive. And here's the, here's the safety net underneath all of that, or the thing above it, around it, everywhere. <laughs> If you're not sure or don't yet see all of that about how God designs the functions to line up against each other, there's this thing that he calls a greater thing, which is called love. 
<laughs> so, in your relationships, in our relationships, whoever they're with in the family of God, whether we're talking leadership, each other, um, the posture is to be love. There's a scripture somewhere that talks about putting on love, which is the perfect bond of unity or which binds everything together. So all of the stuff I'm saying about how the functions work and what's the same and what's different, actually love is the purpose of all of that and it's also the thing that makes all of this work. Um, so just think. Um, if you're having interactions or friction in a relationship with anyone in the family of God, um, test the posture against what the word says about love. Patient, kind, not jealous, not arrogant, not seeking its own, not easily provoked, not keeping hold of wrongs. If any of that's going on, it's probably a clue that you're not operating in love. And if that's the case, just take it to him. And he will build you, because that's what he says he'll do. So, quick recap. We're the same in lots of ways. We're in the same family. We have the same purpose, which is to be built to love God and love others. We have different functions that he has given us. Um, and we're to let him define how we give and how we receive them. And if we um, let him do that, then, well, he is confident that he is going to have the family that he wants. And if we let him do that, then we can be confident that we will be the mature sons that he's looking for us to be as part of that family. Let's pray, eh? And then people who want waffles can go and have waffles. <laughs> Father, I... I want to thank you that your, your design for your family, for the body of Christ, is, is so simple, but so specific. And I just ask, Lord, that we would allow you to show you both the simplicity and the precision of the way your family operates, Lord. I pray... Um, as Steve talked about last week, that we would go where we need to and if we need to from not disagreeing, <laughs> being in neutral in terms of our posturing in your family, into agreement. Agreement not just in our heads and hearts but with our mouths, Lord. That we would, um, as we confess with our mouths, the truth you say about how your family operates, Lord, I just thank you that you will be faithful to to build in us or build us into the, the mature, interdependent, one family, the mature body of Christ. In Jesus' name. <laughs>